Are you going to do the intro today? Yeah. Okay. Intro. Ah, excellent. Um, I'll, I'll, I, I will take on the other intro then, which is hello and welcome to another episode of It's Just Not CrickPod. Um, we're doing kind of week two, but it's not really week two anymore, but I guess our round two of the World Cup. Um, everyone's played four games. Uh, a lot of stuff has happened. Uh, a lot of questions are being asked about certain teams. Basically, it does not reflect what we had predicted or anything of what we had said last time. Basically, ignore um, the last episode. <laughs> yeah. Ignore, I feel like this has come round to bite me in the bum in that... <laughs> Last time it was haha Australia. Now it's literally a flip reversal. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, how are you feeling about your predictions about the pre pre World Cup predictions? We have two out of four. Um, I mean, the one of the four is only just outside the top four. Somehow, yeah. I don't sort know, of. Uh, like yeah. whether they'll stay there. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, there's. I'm still confident in three out of four. Really? Yeah, I think so. I'm dead certain it's only going to be two, but I mean, it would be, it'd be nice if we were somewhat right. I mean, two is still pretty good. Yeah. For, for those who may not have listened, our predictions were India, New Zealand, England and Pakistan to be the top four. Um, obviously, everyone knows that India are unbeaten. New Zealand done very well, um, but they weren't in our running. Um, South Africa in the top four, uh, but somehow Australia are there, even though they were bottom last week. Um, right, so we'll do it slightly different this week. Last week, we went from the top down because it was funny to then do Australia last uh that's karma so we're going to start from the bottom down so it's almost like we're starting at the top but england we'll start with england who are sitting pretty and bottom um played four games uh one one against bangladesh which we talked about last time uh and we were very happy about that victory thought things are looking up i remember saying ah oh, this balance of the team works really well um i've i've not had sleepless nights about that uh, and then we had uh three losses one we spoke about last time which is new zealand but since then they have lost to afghanistan um and i was gonna say lost to south africa but absolutely pummeled by south africa not just lost i think it's the greatest biggest it's definitely the biggest world cup loss i think it might be england's biggest odi loss as well um where would you like to start? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, where can you start? It's, yeah, yeah. I, I think you start all the way back to when England played a friendly test match game against Thailand. <laughs> I think you go back to Stokes refusing to, like, give some county players a chance and to call up a player out of retirement rather than, you know, Give someone a chance who earned it. Uh, sure. I think you go back to an England B team playing Ireland as a warm-up series rather than playing a team that you would play against a team that's qualified for the World Cup. Yeah. And then go back to bringing another player out of retirement instead of giving a player who's worked in the ODI team for the past year a chance who has deserved the opportunity to play. And then go back to including 
a perpetually injured player as the reserve who needs to be called up but has been said won't be coming in because he's not fit. I think that covers it. We can move on now. I hope you sort of. Um, There's... I think structurally it's a bit fucked. I don't think there's any true leadership. I think it's just people putting their hands into different parts and vibing to see how it works. And I think at the start of Bad Ball, the vibes were fine. And I know this isn't McCullum's Mm. team, but it feels like the vibes from there has come into the ODI side and it's just starting to show that you can't just live on that. You need to have some sort of plan and it doesn't feel like this side has had any sort of plan coming into the World Cup. And it's yeah. No, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Um, because I, I, everyone I knows. On. No. <laughs> but every, everyone knows the scores. Everyone knows what's happened. It was. You don't need the stats. Everyone, everyone saw the capitulation. If you if you listen to this, you're I think you're most likely going to be an England follower or supporter, or whatever. Um, so it wasn't good. Um, but like you say, I think it comes from a number of different factors. Um, one being that I I genuinely believe that they have no idea what their best team would be, even if they had everyone fit. Um, it comes from this team hasn't played together uh, for since just before this World Cup in a cobbled together series against New Zealand. Um, they haven't played the format to prioritise franchise cricket or T20 cricket for the World Cup, uh, which obviously are the same. Um, but you do include the hundred and that. The hundred as well um, for the I'd say the hundred, which you know does do good things, but I will always hold by the fact that all the good things you have with the hundred could be done with any format. Um, but you have a domestic competition in England, which no other country plays, which the ECB prioritise at the height of summer. Um, so you know you're preparing for a World Cup basically in that which you're never going to play in. Um, you're preparing all those players in a competition and you know structure and everything that's not beneficial to you know fifty over cricket. Um, you're picking players who are probably more over the hill now than in their pomp or in their prime. Uh, too many kind of looking back. Like you look at this squad. I think we've spoken before, but there's a vast majority of this. You would be they're going to retire off this World Cup. This is they want this to be their swan song, um, and that's kind of kind of blown up in their face. Um, their Graham swan song. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean that that I'm trying to think of any defence. There's not really much. The only things I would say about Saturday's abject performance, if you're not counting abject decisions at the toss. Um, it would be, you know, Topley got another freak injury in his career, um, fracturing a finger, um, and he's been our best bowler this World Cup by a country mile. And from what I've seen, because we were socialising on Saturday, from what I've seen and what I've read, he bowled pretty well on Saturday. Um, even coming back on to bowl with a fractured finger um, because England completely destroyed the makeup of their side by dropping their all-rounders. Um, Adil Rashid was looked absolutely 
ill as anyone has ever looked, um, but still managed to get through 10 overs. Um, I think George Bell from the Cricketer was saying that he was pretty sure at some points between overs he was throwing up on the edge of the outfield because it was that hot and nice. that disgusting. But, you know, came back and continued to bowl, which, you know, is great testament to both him and Topley's character. Um, Willie went off with cramp, you know, shockingly, he's because he's not played any games in the last three weeks and then suddenly you're throwing him to 36 degree heat in the middle of the day. I'm, I'm not really sure why that's a surprise. Um, so that there are those kind of injury mitigating factors. And then also you're bringing in, you know, a guy basically on one leg for his first game of this World Cup and on his day would be great, but you're not, he's not being prepared for this because he's not got the body to be prepared for this. And we all knew that. I mean, even um, then, if you're using this as a defence, yeah. It's not England controlling no. that variable. It's luck, essentially. Yeah. 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 Which, to be fair, I think teams can control injuries like this to an extent. Yeah. They can ease players back in. They can not field first in mad heat against one of the best batting sides in the tournament. That's okay. Let's. I, I, in a nutshell, we'll talk about. So the game. I'm not going to give you that as a defense for England. No, I, I get that. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll be cautiously defensive of Topley and Rashid from the way they bowled and the way they performed in a when the team's absolutely smashing everyone else apart. Um, I guess Gus Atkinson came back and bowled pretty well at the end. Um, that kind of damage was done. What made me laugh again? This isn't really any analysis, but Sky Sports did a tweet. Um, when Atkinson got a wicket in the 49th over of Clarsen, who absolutely smashed it all over the place, um, citing it as uh, Atkinson gets the vital wicket of Clarsen. And it's like they're 390 for nine or whatever at this point. Like, the, it's, what is done? What, what are you saying vital wicket? What He's going to get 36 off the last but over. Like, ridiculous. But um, yeah, it's... In specifics of even before the game, the specifics of the game are ridiculous. That I know Wokes has been out of form. I know Livingston's not done a lot. And Mo only played the first game, has not played since. But if you're going into that game with a mindset that you want to bowl first for reasons which are bizarre, considering you just lost chasing to Afghanistan, who are with no disrespect to Afghanistan, they're better than us, but um are not as good as South Africa. You've just struggled chasing, and I think, I don't have the stat, but England's recent chasing record has not been good. Um, And if you look at their most recent batting first record, that has been very decent, especially if you look at the series at home against New Zealand. Um, So you're taking all that into account, and you you still, for reasons, want to bowl first. um, And then you're not picking a spinner in that heat, a second spinner. Root is your second spinner. Like you need a Livingston, you need a Mo, someone just to like take the burden off. You know, woke not woke. Sorry, Atkinson, Willie, Topley, um, Wood, who's you know not a fit <laughs> bowler as it is, and you're expecting a, a, a seam attack to perform in 35 plus degree heat in India. I'm just, it's mad. Like all their pre, that they I just. It just feels like this is like a Peter Moore's 2015 team. Like they're looking at stats, but they're looking at the stats upside down. Like they said they weren't prepared for heat in Mumbai when it's been this heat for the last fortnight. 
Um, they also said that they bowled first because of the stats of the ground. But they've there's only been about, I think, four games at this stadium in ODI cricket in the last 10 years. And I think um, one of the uh, Wisdom journalists was saying, I think there's there's only been one win chasing or something. So what stats are you looking at? I don't, I don't understand. So I think just the heads completely gone. No one really knows what's going on anymore. They don't know what's going on. Everyone looks disillusioned. Joss looks like he wants to be anywhere else. I just, I, it's a mess. <laughs> a little bit. It's a worst. It's a worst case scenario. And I was. I want to be as transparent. I was incredibly critical against Australia last time. England are in a completely worse state. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think both there's a similar argument in that I think both sides need freshening up and a bit of a reset. Yeah. yeah. Um but the difference with say Australia's bowling attack is it's still very good and very settled. Yeah. On its day. 100%. Whereas England what is their bowling attack? Yeah, like, you know, think, bringing in like, Gus Atkinson is like, that's a very old England vibe of like, we'll just chuck him in and see how he does. Or we'll just bring Willie in off cold. Like Every what other did... team is playing with two spinners because yeah. you're in India. And then you're like, mm-hmm. what well, we can't... Like, yeah. If there's some sort of fitness concerns with Mo and or Rashid, you need yeah. to bring a third spinner into the squad. Maybe it's the reserve. Maybe not bring Jofra because he's not been fit. The ten years, <laughs> but the oh, the Joff thing's also another you know example of absolute heads gone. Like announced you know well over a month ago that Joffre is going to be your travelling reserve bowler. He was in India like this weekend, and then after the game when Topley had the injury, Matthew Mott is saying, "Oh no, he's he's not going to be the reserve. He's yeah, he's, he's going home tomorrow." He's like, well, why is he out there? What a waste of money. What's the point? What is that for? Why is he... uh, You're not integrating someone back into the side by being like, I have a look at this World Cup squad and it's nice. I don't understand the thinking. Like, maybe they thought he would be fit, but then he arrived there and wasn't fit. But then surely you know that before he flies. That's just nonsense. And then they've brought up, called in Bryden Cass, who I think I said before should have been in the squad anyway. I think that's... He's he's a fresh outlook of a bowler to the future, um, but man, it's not a good situation to be coming into. And like, not he will probably be getting a lot of pressure put on him if he plays. Yeah, yeah. which honestly, there's... throw a headless chicken in a roulette table and like see where it lands yeah. to see what England. I know. Yeah, but you could have you could have picked up anyone because I don't think with those injuries it has to be like for like. So, I mean, none of the bowlers they got out there have done anything other than Topley. So you lose him, but you have already got two left armers out there, so you can just bring in Sam Curran or something, I guess. But you know, I'd have been looking at. I think you know Brian Castleby should have been there anyway. I probably would have had him ahead of Sam Curran, but considering there's no real looking to you know pick mo for some reason why not bring in rayan you know or someone you, you know a, another leg spinner who can bat a bit strengthens both sides um what have you got to lose now <laughs> i don't bring back james treadwell who for i care it's like, <laughs> like i don't, I don't understand, understand why they're being so cautious with rayan either like yeah. 
More every time he plays, he like performs. Bantered Archer into the World Cup out of nowhere, mm-hmm. and he ended up bowling the super over in the final. Like, yeah, you you can trust younger yeah. players. Mm-hmm. You just have to make sure they're mentally in the right place. Yeah, and I think that will only give younger players more confidence if you put your trust in them and play them. Yeah, and Definitely. you'll only improve significantly faster if you're playing in these high pressure games against better opposition rather than like Ireland yeah. You know, yeah. games that don't actually matter in which you're playing the beating. Yeah, I agree. Um, but Cars, I think, is good to bring up. But do you think, again, we've not really talked about the games because, again, I think, frankly, it doesn't matter because I think the issues run deeper. Do you think... Uh, just to go on the games quickly, I think go on. all credit to Afghanistan and South Africa. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll like, talk for, about them. For as bad but... as England were, I think they were 100%. <laughs> fantastic. Like Gerbaz. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent, definitely. Akmal, Klassen, brilliant. Klassen, yeah, yeah. Safka's bowling is frighteningly good, um, but England were very. I think you know England. I guess knew the game had gone in the interval in this the South Africa game and just threw caution to the wind, and it was just embarrassing. Um, because it felt like every couple of minutes we were saying there's a wicket, but Afghanistan's loss, as well as Afghanistan played, it was a hundred percent complacency for my feeling. Like it was just we'll rock up, we don't have to take it too seriously. We can just we'll bowl first and then get some wickets, and then people can have time in the middle and chase. It just there was never it never felt that game any sense of taking it necessarily seriously or urgency and then you have a team like Afghanistan who are passionate and want to win and are a very skilled team and they just snatch it and I think that's that's just just rewards for England I think per- personally again as well as Afghanistan played but I think England just turned up just expecting to roll them over and didn't. I think England have a are stuck in the mindset of we need to bat second so we know the score that yeah, we're yeah. chasing down whereas I think if you're batting or if you're playing against teams that aren't as good as you I think it's yeah. better to bat though so that you're putting the scoreboard pressure on them exactly look how they beat Bangladesh by getting scoreboard pressure yeah. <laughs> and, that, and you also need your players to get time in the middle and get form because they're not going to get form by chasing 400 they're going to just have to go for it like you know Bearstow's not had a proper ODI innings for a long time like you can't expect them then suddenly find it having to smash it from ball one and like <sighs> even the South Africa game like Getting 400 might be unreasonable. Yeah. But, like, compare it to Australia, Pakistan, where Australia set them 360 odd. Pakistan yeah. scored 300. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't, yeah. I, I don't even think they batted particularly mm-hmm. amazing. Babar and Rizwan stuck around and solidified yeah. the innings really well. Yeah. So, if they're bowling and fielding was a bit better, then maybe they had a had a chance, but they found a way to still put up an above average score chasing a ridiculous score, whereas England just lose their heads uh, thinking we need to score twelve off every yeah. Game. Yeah. And it was you're yeah. gonna lose the wicket because you're not sure. in control. And you also don't have the batting strength because you dropped your rounders. You're suddenly thirty for five and that's game over because David Woody's in. Like what? It's there's no depth. But I remember us talking like, "Who's going to bat seven? Because what? There's, there's no batters. Who does it? So, gosh, like, I mean, it's not over 
mathematically for England. I think the result for Pakistan today, you know, blows it right open. I think it's the first ever World Cup. Or again, we're so good at stats in this pod. It's a it's a stat I glanced at yesterday or whatever. But it's one of the first World Cups or one of the few that every team has won a game, which I think is, you know, great for the competition. Um, even though there's not been any close games, you, you want one of those to try and liven up a bit, but it gives you the sense that anyone can win on the day, which is good. Um, but yeah, England will have to beat win all their remaining games, of which includes India, Australia, Pakistan, um, Netherlands, and Sri Lanka. I mean, we might win two of them, maybe. Um, and I said I'm I'm putting this out into the audio verse as well. I think England will beat India, and it will be funny. I no, I don't. I just don't. <gasps> I think they, I think it'll be stupid because I that's just, that's the India, kind of thing the stupid England team will do. I think India lose one of the later games in the group matches when they're already qualified. Yeah. Like maybe they rest, uh, mm-hmm. Bumrah and Shami or yeah, so they don't have a bit extra. maybe. But I don't get against England because I just think I think funny. on the one hand, India really want to beat this England team. Otherwise, you look a bit yeah. yeah, you look like a loser if you don't beat England. Yeah, um, I don't think Kohli would have that. <laughs> I, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, before we we'll round up, thinking I realize we're not really talking about statistics again because there's nothing really to say. I can't really even remember who Harry Brook got some runs against Afghanistan and Rashi got some wickets against South Africa. That's kind of it. And Wood got a, a ridiculous forty-six not out against South Africa at the end of about sixteen balls, which is just again funny because it means everyone else is so bad. Um. Where do, we'll we'll all talk about other World Cup stuff, but just in terms of future planning, I know England aren't out of it yet. They still have five games to play, but for all intents and purposes, they are out of this. Their net run rate is horrendous. It was already bad from the New Zealand game, but then considering this loss against South Africa, it's it's obscene. Um, and you know you have to really hope results go your way in a big way, um, to get anywhere close to qualifying. Post this World Cup. Do you think, I mean, I, I think they will, but are you expecting um, the heads to roll following this or do you think people will just jump ship? Like, do you think Joss want, would want to stay and rebuild in the same way Morgan did after 2015? Or do you think he's gone? Do you think Matthew Mott's gone? I mean, or do you think they want to refresh it all? It's too soon to get rid of Matthew Mott considering how well he's done previously yeah. uh, I've never been convinced as Butler as a captain mm-hmm. um, like maybe he's fine game to game but I don't see it for the behind the scenes things and like building a squad and looking to the future so I think you're best taking the captaincy off him and giving it to someone who would come into the team and like make it their own put their own stamp yeah. on it Whoever the fuck that would be, that Crawley. No, um, I mean he's got. That, that's the problem, is though. Like a lot of people are saying, like Joss will probably go, which I think he probably would. Because again, I, you don't look at him in the same way you looked at Morgan as a captain, as a figurehead. Um, you look at Stokes as a figurehead in the Test team. You very much identify them as captains. With Butler, I just don't see it. 
I mean, I think he captained very well in the T20 World Cup last year. Um, but in this, I think he's just gone missing at times. Like, which... <laughs> like, you, you think about all the franchise cricket he plays. It's, none of franchise cricket is 50 overs. No. no. So he's got the familiarity with T20s and yeah. the ability to thrive there. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think it would be a step too far to drop him as a player because he's just too good. You can... I don't think they'd ever want to drop Butler, definitely, but I don't think he'd want to play. Yeah. Fuck him then. That's... <laughs> like, That's... If you're in that mentality anyway, then yeah. you shouldn't... You should... Yeah. I don't want you in the he... team. Like, he might the say... shouldn't want you in the team. The fans shouldn't want you in the team. Yeah. Because you should be wanting to fix it, whether yeah. you're captain or not. Like, yeah. Root stepped down as captain, as the mm-hmm. side, but he's stuck around. Yeah. And... Honestly, it's been all for the better for Root. Yeah, like exactly. When yeah, yeah. Cook stepped down as captain and stuck around, maybe to help Root ease into captain's team yeah. early on as well, and Cook still played well and yeah. helped me. Like, if Butler doesn't want to do that, then... Yeah. Him. But, it's yeah, I think he's going to be offered a very lucrative three-year um, deal from England in their way to try and avert them from franchise contracts. They're going to offer their big players multi-year deals. Um, but Which, I mean, makes sense. But you don't... I, I feel it very odd to offer it to someone who would just prioritise T20 cricket. Um, if he's your white ball captain in all forms. Maybe he will say it, but, you know, and I'm maybe just reading into the fact that he's probably very depressed from how bad it's going. Um, I just don't get the vibe. He's all there with it. Um I you just want him to take you, you I feel like the Saturday game was so bad. Lose it, sure. But that was a kind of day we want like Butler to be like, I just over my dead body kind of thing. Like even if you don't get like you say, like Pakistan got three hundred against Australia, like just do something. <laughs> it just felt like we just have to keep smashing it from the beginning and hope something happens and then oh no, the game's over. Um but yeah, we should move on because there's a lot of English chat. But I think miserable is the vibe. And, you know, the next game they have is Sri Lanka, um, who are above us in the table. I say us, not we're doing very little in the tournament. Um, but Sri Lanka... Uh, I mean, everyone is uh, above us, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, well, just very briefly, because uh, I, I haven't got an awful lot to say about Sri Lanka. Um, play four games... Same as England, won one, lost three. Um, the game they won, um, we would have talked about it last time. Oh, no, we didn't want to talk about it. Netherlands, yeah. Which was also quite a close game. Because um, I'm going to bung in Netherlands this chat slightly as well and go into Netherlands in more detail. But I felt that was fairly close. Um, Sri Lanka, I guess, kind of did it quite comfortably. Um, but Netherlands similar to how they were against South Africa, were in dire straits. They were um, 91 for six, um, but then managed to rally around and get to 262, which to me screams of a team that plays 50 over cricket and knows how to rebuild, um, unlike some. Um, And then Sri Lanka got there with 10 balls to spare, five down. Um, So, you know, don't, you know, Afghanistan won again today. I wouldn't write off Netherlands getting another win in this tournament. Um, I think they could definitely beat someone you could beat South Africa. But Sri Lanka, um, they've got probably 
um, yeah, yeah, they have. They've got almost as bad a run, net run rate as England. So it's you'd, you'd imagine it'd be very difficult for them to do something. Probably could turn over England. Um, I think they really squandered an opportunity against Australia. Um, they were something like at least oh, 100, at least in the opening partnership. I mean, 120, but they're about 100 odd for none. Um, and then just ended up faltering and falling away and just getting a very below pass score when Australia again looks very on the ropes and looked very disillusioned. Um, but then they let Australia back in the game and then Australia from that, that point on just grabbed that initiative and just run with it. But Sri Lanka had a real opportunity to grind Australia out, but didn't he happen? Um, like strangely, on... they're still kind of impressing me to an extent. Like, yeah, they've not played badly enough to warrant being ninth. Like, especially individual performances like Mendes, Medeshanka, uh, Samara, Witkamba, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Nisanka for a couple of games. Like, yeah, they're doing. They're doing okay. okay. I just think, yeah, they just feels like they need a another powerhouse in the middle order and they need another bowler um that i think the australia one is ample example that they had a great platform and then just it all just fell apart um like if they had hasaranga in or if mm -hmm. pichana was in angelo matthews yeah yeah but oh well i mean i again i they've done well and i think they could have you know they got a massive score against pakistan um, which at the time was thought that was a that was a very good effort, but looking at Pakistan now, I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, they they could probably beat England, <laughs> um, and I think they'll probably get a couple other wins in this World Cup. Um, but I can't see them getting anywhere close to top four. Um, next up, though, um, a team I very much enjoyed. We just briefly spoke about, but I've enjoyed watching Netherlands immensely. <laughs> um, Obviously, they lost to Sri Lanka on Saturday, but again, from that fight back through um, uh, Logan Van Beek, I love Logan Van Beek. He's such a good all-round player. Um, but there, it was their game against South Africa that, you know, obviously took the Crick world by storm. South Africa being absolute guns in this World Cup. Um, and then somehow from somewhere uh, losing to the Netherlands... <laughs> Um, which to me is that is a proper shock. Afghanistan beating England, I don't think is necessarily a shock or upset. I don't think it should be labelled as that. I think you always go into South... a World Cup thinking England are going to lose one yeah. they shouldn't. And yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's always one. Um, but Netherlands beating South Africa was a hell of a result. Um, it was slightly rain affected. Um, so it was 43 overs a side, which does make a difference. But once again, they were again a bad start. They were um uh so let's have a look 50 for four then 82 for five and then 112 for six uh before getting around and getting to 245 for eight uh of getting 29 of 19 balls obviously previously of south africa um but wasn't picked, picked for one of their previous world cup campaigns so i, I dare i say he enjoyed this quite a lot um Scott Edwards, the captain, getting 78 not out. Uh, Red Ink, what well, a great little innings there as well. Um, but yeah, getting to 245 against that attack, 43 overs is pretty good going considering the start they had. Um, but then South Africa just never felt in it. They just, it just felt like they were never going to get close. Like it was very, 
it was almost a week ago now, but it was very like, so they're now up on the up again, but it just felt like they were just kind of stuck, stuck in the mud, shall we say. Um, Netherlands just kept on getting wickets again. Uh, our friend Logan did very well. Uh, Colin Ackerman, um, Cheeky Wanfer, uh, Mikran 2, Vander Merver 2, and absolutely loves all his wickets. Um, Baz the lead 2, just shared it all around. It just, everyone turned up and everyone performed. It was just a very nice, wholesome win. Because <laughs> um, lest we forget, they also beat South Africa at the T20 World Cup last year. So they've now done the double. Um, I just, you just watch them. I, you just see the enjoyment they have from playing. I think it's just a great fun to watch. Um, I'm just enjoying the vibes. Yeah. Are you enjoying the vibes in Netherlands? Yeah. They're just a nice team to root for. Like, yeah. There's yeah. a lot of camaraderie about them. It feels like their vibes is professional and has like thought up statistics and tactical analysis to yeah. back it up. And mm-hmm. I think it helps having the qualifiers come into the World Cup for teams like Netherlands. Yeah, and so you've got definitely. competitive edge practice. Yeah, means something definitely. Yeah, and like I yeah, I think in most. Uh, big international competitions whether it's the Cricket World Cup or like I've noticed it a lot in the FIFA World Cup as well the eventual winners will have an early bad result like Argentina yeah. drew against Saudi Arabia I think yeah. I think Spain in 2010 either lost or drew against Switzerland mm-hmm. early on and that like they need Portugal they need their in, loss to get out of the system yeah Portugal in the Euros they won in France they Drew all of their group games. Yeah. <laughs> Finished third in the group and still won. Yeah. Like I don't. Not, yeah. Like for South African, that can be a bit of a kickstarter to the rest yeah. of the group. Uh, yeah. Their game against India is going to be really interesting. Oh, massively coming like on that from one. that, like. Yeah. Could be potential. Yeah. Final making, um, but the way yeah. New Zealand is been going like who knows it's all to play for i mean i think what also just shows i think mentioned before every team winning a game is you just can't be complacent or afford to be complacent against all these teams because what really struck me with the netherlands game against africa as well was i know they're all professional outfits but the professionalism of netherlands that it wasn't just like they'd randomly snatched a fluke or someone had just got a cheeky five wickets from nowhere or there was a bazaar run out it was very clinical it was very much here are our plans, here's our process. Um, we know exactly who our matchups are, um, how to bowl to particular players, how to squeeze the run rate. Um, I just think they were very, very impressive on that game. I, I really enjoyed watching it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's good. I mean, talking quickly, I mean, very quickly, probably in a minute 54 seconds worth for no reason at all. Um, do you think, considering the performances of Netherlands and Afghanistan and the future of ODI cricket, do you think that World Cup should, a bit like football, I'm not sure about rugby or the process there, but should there be just a overall World Cup qualifier that everyone has to play and qualify for the World Cup rather than the Test Nations automatically getting it like the Indians, Australia's, England's, considering they're always going to be in the rankings in the top six, eight. 
do you think it should just be a free for all that you have to qualify for a World Cup? I know they'll never do it because they want their money, mm-hmm. but do you think that there should be a World Cup qualification qualification system overall? I don't know if there are enough teams for that to be viable. Mm-hmm. Um, like maybe expand it. I think the change I'd like to see is go from the one big group to have like four groups of four. Yeah. Then you've got sixteen teams and yeah. There's I'm more just wondering of a smaller team to yeah get through get through. But I don't do something. think there's enough high quality teams below that one like yeah here to really properly compete. Potentially not. I'm just trying to think of ways to contextualize or add purpose to bilateral series because like you said that the Afghans and Netherlands had an edge to their games that they've played and, the, and a purpose and that's why they're a bit more striving to be better I'm wondering if all teams could have that as well but who knows okay so moving on without any break um, Bangladesh are next four games one win um, three losses uh, point. they've lost um, their other games since we last um uh, spoke. I've again. I've not got an awful lot to say about Bangladesh. Um, I would put them in the same kind of brush as England and Sri Lanka in that I don't really see them getting much. They've got uh, South Africa uh, tomorrow. Um, they just played India and didn't really feel like it. T- they turned up. It very much turned into the Kohli show on that one. Um, Shakib was out of that game, so they'll be hoping Shakib will come back. Um, but I've, I've not. I've honestly not got a lot to say about Bangladesh. Have you? I couldn't tell you who their win came against. Um, that's a pub quiz. Um, like I don't know any player of theirs has particularly stood out. Usually, it would be Shakib. Mm. Uh, like Mustafa has done in the past. Lipon Das has stood out mm. in the past, but I don't think. Any of the usual players who really shown up. Uh, Mehdi, yeah. I found like he's yeah. all right. It's bits. Uh, it's, it's just bits, isn't it? It's nothing like substantial. They beat uh, Afghanistan in the opening game. Um, that's it. And you'd you would wor- wonder where the next win would be coming from, especially if Netherlands continue their kind of upward mm-hmm. spike. Um. So, but you know they have got a lot of spinners. And they've got have got players for the conditions, so potentially if Shakib does come back, but again, I, sorry Bangladesh fans, but I've not got, I've not got a heap of lot to say. But if you get if you cause another upset, we will talk about you. But it feels like one or two of their players perform, yeah, each game, mm-hmm. but they've got the capacity to have five or six, yeah, perform, and they'll like lead to a win, and... yeah. Yeah, I think they. I mean, they could get another win. Um, but I, you know, we talked about them before the tournament that they are a bit of a mess behind the scenes as well. So whether they can rally around again to do something, we'll see. But I doubt it. Um, but the next lot that I want to talk about, um, because we have to, because they're sixth, um, is uh, Afghanistan, who have played five, lost three but have won two and they have beaten, as we've mentioned, 
both England and Pakistan, um, which is pretty hype, would you say? Pretty wild that those are the two teams they've beaten, like when we just said Bangladesh, they've lost again. Mm -hmm. It was India and Redacted. Uh, well, also, but, but that's the thing. They played uh, New Zealand. No, I'm not talking about that. They play New Zealand. Yes, yeah, sorry. They played. They've played. Sorry, let's go back. So they played. <laughs> oh, now it's going to Asia Cup territory. Hold on one second. They have played in this World Cup with no shadow of doubts. They played India in a. That wasn't their first game, though. They played Bangladesh. We just spoke about that. Right. Why is the Asia Cup in the same bracket of the... Sorry, this is Crick Info's fault. So they played Bangladesh in the opening game, which they lost. They were all up 156, and um, Bangladesh got them four down. Um, But what I thought was pretty impressive was they played India in their second game. India did win by eight wickets, which, you know, fair. Um... (laughs) But they got managed to get 272 against India, um, which I think was only just beaten by New Zealand on Sunday. Um, their bowling was found a bit wanting, obviously, but uh, you know people like Rohit and Kohli and all that lot in India is not easy. But getting 272 against that attack is pretty good, considering they they were a team we've said before where are the runs coming from. Um, but then they beat that um, by getting. Uh, 284 um, against England, which pretty, pretty good, right? Yeah, I mean, they've been setting competitive scores yeah. pretty well. Like, up until today, I think the weakness was the least amount of wickets fallen in their innings was eight. Mm-hmm. In all the yeah. other games, they were all out. Yeah. So, it was a bit of a surprise that they weren't more than two down yeah. this game, but like, I think that says more about Pakistan's bipolar bowling and building than anything else. Yeah. But then you um, still have to do the batting and like Gerbaz, especially in the last fight like, against England and Pakistan, have been amazing. Yeah. I mean, you could also say that they're learning and adapting because they're playing all these good opposition, which they normally don't get a chance to do. But you know, I said that considering they're, you know, four of their teams they've played in their first five games are England, Pakistan, New Zealand, and India. Like before the tournament, you would be you wouldn't be laughed out if you said that those four were going to be semi finalists. So you know, it's pretty a hard run in, um, and they won two of them, which is mental um i think it's just proving that they were very good against england again i think england were incredibly complacent against them um thinking how they would just you know roll them over quite no problems but um but their win today was very impressive um uh pakistan finished on 282 for seven um but that was largely due to um some low order runs um from Ithaca who got 40 off 27 um but that they lost Baba at 
um i think it was yeah 206 so they were 206 for five with less than turnovers to go so they really had to go some to get to that um and then watching it and listening to it on the radio all the chat was um well how are pakistan gonna win this how are they gonna are they gonna amp up the pressure they're gonna squeeze the runs that pakistan uh, afghanistan gonna really have to work hard to try and find a way of winning it but they were only two down (laughs) they won by eight wickets and the way they did it was just very professional they never lost their heads i mean another team would suddenly be like there was one stage i think in the last 10 overs where it got to more than run a ball but not once did it look like they panicked they ran really well between the wickets and hit boundaries when they need to um some of the shots from uh ramet um he hit hassan ali for two sixes down the ground which were just in massive high pressure situations was just incredible to see they had a um a hundred partnership 130 um between gerbaz and zadran um just very very clinical and very very good and it just as we were saying that they're all out in a few of their other games but you can just see they're a team just developing and learning and maturing um and i can see them winning more games this world cup like you know considering they've now played four big teams um sure they've got people like south africa to play but i think a game against australia could potentially be very interesting netherlands you could say they probably would win there um sri lanka you know, that's winnable games for Afghanistan now, you'd have to say. And I thought they bowled today. The score for Pakistan, I think, flattered them a bit. But um, Noor Ahmad, his first game of the tournament, got 3 49. Um, Mohammed Nabi bowled 10 overs, 131. Um, and this is a day when Rashi kind of didn't even get any wickets. Like, Rashi did nothing today. And it's just, they're just getting better and better. And you kind of love to see it. Like, it felt like, the old Afghanistan would rely on Rashid Khan too much, especially yeah. the bowling attack. But I can't remember which tournament he first played in, but Majid, especially in the last T20 mm. World Cup, really caught my eye opening yeah. bowling with his sort of, sort of straight, flatty off-spin. Yeah. Like, if Bumrah was a off-spinner. Yeah. Yeah, because it just—I don't know—it—it it is off spin, but it still still feels like a spin that's coming on. Yeah, in the bowling, it's a very flat, very yeah. flat. Yeah, like he's only improved. He's got good uh, economy rates. Yeah, it's very tricky for batsman to set Definitely. off when he's one of the first ones coming in. Nabi is a really solid. All rounder for when very experienced, just yeah. Majib what you want? Rash aren't performing, and like that comes back to it. Like each team has at least two really good spin bowlers for this tournament, yeah. and the best teams will probably have another. Yeah, just floating around. Like South Africa will have Shambhi Maharaj and then Markram just to yeah. do a bit he needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, India will have. Uh, cool deep uh, Jadeja, ashwin yeah, exactly. like yeah. even australia no not australia well they zampa um, and Ma- maxwell has bowled pretty well for australia um as a very part-time but he's like we said last time he, he's kind of the mo of the team like if england were playing mo in these conditions i think he would do just as well as maxwell's doing but they're not playing him um but yeah just, there's also 
just quickly again, I know I'd mentioned him, but Nor Ahmad today, I just think bold really he's a left arm leg spinner, which is very rare. Um it, it and feels he was quite in vogue for this World Yeah. Cup. You know, like yeah. Shanzi Yeah. You you lo- I love to see it because it just looks like like it comes out so I don't know, mystery spin is such a generic term, but it is it looks just different. And you just you can see from the way that Pakistan were facing him up that he's not played many games before. They obviously weren't really expecting him to play. And there was one ball that just really just jagged into Baba and it's just you just love to see these new talents from, you know, I guess smaller cricketing nations come through and it's just I I yeah, again, like I said, I think they'll win a couple more games and I don't People saying that today was an upset. I don't think today is an upset. I think this is just a this is a showcase of where this team is at. And you you look at the way compare them to Ireland, for example, who got test status at the same time as Afghanistan. They are worlds apart, and Afghanistan are just developing. And you know, considering all the background with everything through, through Afghanistan itself, the country and the conditions, and they don't have half of the things that England or Australia and India have in terms of development and they've managed to roll over both Pakistan and England. I think it's just, it's it's a very good cricketing story for them and I want them to continue doing well, basically, in a long rambling nutshell. And from a neutral perspective, it gives basically every team a chance to get that fourth spot. Now, like, I think yeah. three teams are clear favourites. Yeah. The top three. But because Afghanistan have won these two games, like Netherlands beating South Africa, it's just opened it up completely for the rest of the pack yeah. to just mm-hmm. fight it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we mentioned four, so we'll, we'll jump on into number five, um, the Pakistan who lost today. Um, played five, won two, lost three. Uh, beat Sri Lanka and a another again we spoke about those last time they were in the top four can't remember who they won against uh <laughs> we, this is so bad who did you win against Pakistan um because it feels a world away now they beat Sri Lanka um, they beat Sri Lanka in a game that Sri Lanka played very well mm-hmm. and they beat didn't win did, didn't, they they capitulated against India um lost against Australia mm-hmm. And they beat. They beat. <laughs> Sorry, stand by, listeners. Point. I'm just so confused. Um, they beat Netherlands. Okay, yeah. So, they started promisingly, but but probably by winning games, you expect them to win. Mm-hmm. Um, the India game they lost. They were incredibly poor. Um. For a game that was, I guess, I, I suppose, quite rightly hyped up, it was just a completely nothing event. Um, Pakistan just capitulated the bat. They lost all kind of semblance of what they were from the first two games. Bowling was average, um, and India just easily walked that game. Um, and then, like we said today, Afghanistan were just a very, it was a very clinical performance. Um, and then Australia... Again, they dropped David Warner when he was on 10 and he ends up getting 160-odd. I mean, that's not going to help your cause. Um, they fought back well against Australia at the end. I think Shaheen got Pfeiffer. Um, 
But again, when you've dropped a batter who's then got 160, the kind of damage is already done. Um, they batted with spirit, shall I suppose we say, to get to 300. Um, but I think today's loss against Afghanistan will really shake them. Um, and I think, I don't think I see them coming back from that. I don't think they'll get top four. I think it's interesting when you compare them to England, for example, where you don't know what England's best team is. There's mm -hmm. questions over the actual quality of some of the players. Mm -hmm. I think Pakistan's 1-11 to almost takes itself. They yeah. want Nassim, sure. But I think all of their players are still very high-quality players. It might, yeah, definitely. Like, it's a question of if it's a form thing, if it's a mentality thing, is there a bit of complacency thinking, we've got Baba and Rizwan at three mm -hmm. and four, so if things do not pan out early on, we can yeah. rely on them. Is that leading to an over-reliance? Because a lot of the time, Maybe. the openers and the middle order aren't performing and I think yeah. Rizwan when he hasn't hit his stride this World Cup, Pakistan haven't All the time. Yeah. yeah. Like today he got single figures. Yeah, look he, he looked very, very struggled a lot against um Ahmed. Yeah, and like he feels like they he's the glue. And he mm. should because Baba should be the glue at three as captains and he's having a very he's having a very he's had two 50s but he's looked a shadow of himself do you know what i mean like you you compare him i know you shouldn't compare him to these kind of players because it's nonsense but you compare him to coley and you look at the like the tournament coley's having at number three and he's absolutely bossing it i mean i did predict that he would um but uh person predicts one of the best players in the world <laughs> to play well um, but he's just looked like, for example, today, um, he got 70 odd, but didn't go on. Today's a game where you need him to get a hundred plus to, you know, you know, kill off Afghanistan, get 300 plus. They're not going to chase that down. You'd have fought scoreboard pressure. Um, but India, the India game didn't turn up there. Um, it's got out to quite a few loose shots. Um, the... Uh, Australia game as well. Again, you just want a captain, a bit like Joss, I think. But I would compare them both quite similar in this World Cup that they've not really led the team, I don't feel. They've just kind of been there through, I don't know, stature, like they're Babar Azam and it's Joss Butler. They're the best players in the world. And to kind of quote our mutual friend, Ollie King, he's felt like a bit of a fraud in this World Cup. <laughs> like, where where is he? Like, he's not. He's, he's, he's still ranked number one in the world. And it's, it, there's no semblance, like, sure, he's hit lovely cover drives and things like that. But you start to wonder at the big occasions how much of that is stat padding and how much of it is flat roads in Pakistan. Is he on the level of Root and Kohli and Smith in his prime? And um, he's a very, very good player, but he is not turning up in these high pressure important moments for Pakistan which is a concern I think I think it's been a bit of concern for Pakistan in World Cup tournaments mm. anyway they just choked in Go missing. Mm. 
which like it tells me it's a bit of a mentality thing. It might yeah. be. Yeah, I think it, so. Like if you take captaincy off, have a keeping the team, put the pressure off. Yeah. Maybe there's a bit yeah. more coherence or yeah. whatever within the team and they perform better. It's just. Yeah. Because, because the individual players are thick. Like, yeah, like, yeah, like, they've got they've batters before, and like, bowlers to galore. Afghanistan have been out for at least, they've been eight down at least in every batting. Mm. Yeah. So against uh, an attack of Shaheen, Hassan, Ralph, you'd expect yeah. them to be a few more wickets down. Yeah. But like, Ralph has been very expensive. Bowl very poorly. Like, up. I don't know where that's come from. Yeah, it's almost like pace uh, isn't working this World Cup. Like Wood was very expensive against South Africa as well. I don't know if pace on is the way to go, but um, Shaheen, I thought, was poor today. He bowled a lot of full tosses and a lot of short balls and stuff. And it, I don't know whether it's like almost like pressure, like they always go to those bowlers to do something like he did against Australia, but it felt like, again, it's kind of goes back to Babylon. I think his capacity was poor. Like he brought on his leg spinners in like the 40th, like after 40 overs when it was just calling to like bowl Shaheen and bowl Harris Ralph and bowl Hassan Ali and kill the game now and don't leave it too late. And he just kept on bowling leg spins and then brought back Shaheen when they needed 20. And it's like, you need to know you need to win the game before that. Like it's, they, they're only two down. Um, so I don't know whether it's a pressure thing. And I do think it's all, there's also a bit of mentality thing. There's so many shots I've seen where, something's gone wrong or a misfield or a drop catch or a bad ball. And you just see Rizwan behind the stumps, just like <laughs> that. And like, if you're showcasing that kind of level of almost embarrassment on the field, God knows what it's like in a dressing room. Like they've got Mickey Arthur as coach and he won't, he won't take that peacefully. <laughs> like it's not going to be a nice place. So bad. It's very bad for Pakistan. Um, and considering how promisingly they start again against teams they should have beat, but um, yeah, not looking good. Um, I think that loss to India really did shook them, and this is going to shake them even more. Um, conscious of time, so we'll jump on <laughs> to the top four. Uh, surprisingly, we've got Australia there. Um, uh, they lost two from two in our previous encounter. They've now won two out of four, uh, beating both Pakistan and and who did they beat? Yes. Uh, well. They beat Sri Lanka. Um, again, uh, as we mentioned that before. That should be the go-to answer. Who did this yeah. Probably yeah. Sri Lanka. <laughs> Probably Sri Lanka. But yeah, I mean, they bowled out Sri Lanka for 209 and then chased that down, five down, which, you know, I think for me, in my critical form, is more of Sri Lanka losing the game than Australia, you know, forcing it. Like a team being a hundred plus for none to then be two hundred and nine all out is kind of unforgivable. Um, as well as Australia bowl, you still need to rally around. And some of the shot selection was just horrendous. Um, I think it was um it might have been Mendis. I might have just thrown someone else under the bus who doesn't deserve it. Um no, it was Kusel Mendis. Uh, the captain who played just a horrific slog sweep um, on nine um, off Zampa, where Zampa again was under pressure and hadn't really been doing an awful lot. And they just gifted him a wicket by slog sweep. And it was just, it felt like they were getting out rather than being got out. And it just 
for when you're playing an Australia team, very unlike Australia to kind of be backs against the wall. As soon as you give them just, you know, an inch, they're going to take a yard for all these classic cliches. But they just do. They're that kind of team. They're not good. They, their pride was all obviously 100% hurting from the way that they lost. Um, but they just completely fell apart. It's, it just was a bit embarrassing to watch, to be honest. They were 178 for four at one stage to then be 209 all out is just bad. Um, but Zampa has now got wickets um, from being one of the worst bowlers in the world form-wise to now, I believe, is yeah the sixth leading wicket-taker in the World Cup with nine wickets. Um, and yeah, they came out with kind of a feeling that they wanted to get it done quickly was the vibe that getting that run rate up like Marsh is now in the runs uh Labuschagne just kind of played the anchor inning he's got 40 um like you mentioned before with teams freshening up they brought in Josh Inglis which I thought was a very bizarre selection when they did it but he's now got a couple of good scores kind of being a fresh face coming in I guess works um looking to the future uh Maxwell got 31 of 20 Stoinis got 20 of 10 so they you know dusted South Africa South Africa they didn't dust South Africa. They dusted Sri Lanka um and then played Pakistan and then beat Pakistan by scoring lots. Lots of runs. Where lots are the runs? Pakistan. Yeah. Uh 367 for nine. Um with very good hundreds from Marsh and Warner. Warner getting 163. He was dropped twice. And Marsh uh 121. Um a very like brutal is the word. I think I used it a lot last time. It was a very brutal opening partnership. Two hundred and fifty nine they put on for the first wicket, um, and that's where you kind of saw the real frailties in Pakistan. Um, but they did fall apart again. That's the thing. Like the teams they have beaten have been Sri Lanka and a poor Pakistan. So I would call thy Jets a little bit Australia, um, but. Yeah, they were yeah two hundred fifty nine for none to three hundred sixty seven for nine again is a bit of a collapse, but you know they are going for it a bit. Um, Smith, I don't know whether there's a bit of concern. He was out first ball against or uh, very basically first ball against um, Sri Lanka, and then he got seven against Pakistan. So he's really trying to find form. Um, Labashane seems to be the problem that they're stuck with, that he's like a very sticky player, but doesn't really offer you much. Um, so you you feel that their powerhouses, Warner and Marsh up top. I think Head is now in India, so he may come in. That might help strengthen them batting a bit. Um, but, you know, a win's a win, and that's only going to be good for them. Um, again... Pakistan batted, they started very well. They were 134 for none, kind of very similar to Sri Lanka, um, but then were eventually 305 all out and Australia won by 62 runs. Um, A much better position for Australia, but I find it very odd. What is your opinions on Australia? I think, well, I think we were a bit harsh on them last week, considering the opening two games were probably the two favourites for the whole thing. But they've won two games you'd expect them to win anyway, or you'd expect them to have a competitive game against Pakistan, who were really poor in the field. Like, still fair play to Warner and Marsh, because you need to still 
of the runs and hit them as far as they yeah. did into the stands. Like, I wasn't expecting Mitch Marsh to get a hundred full stop. I, I think Mitch like, Marsh is a terrific player. I love watching yeah. Mitch Marsh back. Yeah, when he's on it, like he just hits it so hard. It's just so tall and just big, yeah. isn't he? It's just like it looks like it's 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 great. As even that innings against England at Headingley was just fun. Um, Huge tree trunk arms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just use his arms, but yeah, but if he, you know, if Warner had been caught and he was out for ten, I think you're looking at a completely different game. Yeah. I mean, I know it's very easy to say when they get 259 for the Open Partnership, but like I said, Smith's been struggling. Marnus is a bit of a weird enigma. Um, Maxwell was out first ball here. I don't think Maxwell knows what he is anymore as a cricketer. Um, Josh Inglis only just coming in after playing. He got a good score against Sri Lanka, but against uh, probably a better bowling attack against Pakistan. How would he do here? Um, but that's just luck of the draw, isn't it? And that's what's going to happen. You are going to have drop chances, but you don't drop someone like David Warner twice when you know how well he plays in India. Um, but you would say that when when would have given them an awful lot of confidence. Um, but yeah, I I think they've got bigger tests to come. Yeah, like head coming up back in feels like it will complement the team yeah. really nicely. I still feel like there's a place for Carey in the team as well. Mm. Um, even if it's him and English in the team. Yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, if two games was early to, too early to judge every team, I still think it's a bit too early to properly judge about seven of the teams <laughs> yeah because so much change. you know considering this time last week australia were bottom they were in england's position mm-hmm. and then you know we're a week later and now they're fourth it's just so much is in flux considering so many teams winning losing all the time um and that's in part to the shocker shockier results of afghanistan yeah yeah opening the door for teams absolutely poorly to Find themselves yeah. in like, There's a high chance that Afghanistan could qualify for the semi-finals. And I think that's very exciting. Um, but yeah, uh, Australia better. And again, like we said, we were a bit, I suppose, <laughs> critical. Um, but, you know, they'll be better for confidence. But yeah, as soon as they play it, I think a real test again will be to see how they're now going to fare against a New Zealand, for example, who are not, not as quite as gun home as India and South Africa, but are a very good mm. professional team. Um who won't drop Warner on ten. That that drop was the worst drop of this World Cup by like if it had been a half chance, it'd be like fair enough. But it was literally just a oh, oh. <laughs> poor, poor. But anyway, um we don't love to see Warner runs, but well batted. Um I mean uh, I ended with my fantasy team, so I was oh, fine uh, with it. <laughs> I think I did. No, I had Marsh. I had Marsh. Um, okay, so yeah, GG's Australia, I guess. Um, then we're into the top three big dogs. Um, and the t- three teams you'd expect to be in the semifinals. Um, shockingly, who knew? Uh, first up, South Africa. They are playing tomorrow against Bangladesh, which you'd expect them to win. They are four games in, three games won, one loss against Netherlands, which we spoke about. Um, six points and a very healthy run rate considering they basically got 400 against England um, have you got any thoughts on South Africa or is it kind of more of the same 
I, yeah, more of the same. I don't think there's anything ridiculous or unique take mm -hmm. you can have on yeah. South Africa. They're just a very good, capable side. I think the result against Netherlands is more of an anomaly. It's one yeah. of the like shots. And it was rain affected as well. It wasn't like it was yeah. a traditional 50 over game. I know that's 77 overs, but the sop start nature of it does. I think come into play. Yeah. I think you just get one of those games every World Cup. Yeah, as well. it feels like a bit of a blip, and because it's early on, mm -hmm. maybe some form isn't all there. Yeah, uh, I think a big question is whether Bavuma even gets back into the team now as captain. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, um, I think Markham is as, as a good a captain as Bavuma. Um, Bavuma is the absolute captain but you know Hendricks comes in and gets 85 um and of 85 very good runs um but there's I mean I mean Miller's not done a lot I'd say recently ish um in this world cup at, at least um but you quite like having a Miller at the bottom of the order as that kind of finisher role which I think other teams have bizarrely kind of moved away from but you know but you look at this like South Africa kind of have three of those Anyway, yeah, like 100%. Miller, yeah, and Janssen. Janssen got 75 of 42 against England, and he, yeah. he was exceptional. Um, but you know, you, I think you're, I think the, I don't think Bavuma probably plays tomorrow. Um, I think he's probably, I think he is still ill or recovering. But that batting line of Val Bavuma still, you've got De Kock, Hendricks, Van der Dussen, Markram, Klaassen, Miller, Janssen. That is as good as any of the other teams in the World Cup, I even think it's a more... I mean, our India fans are not going to love this. I think it's more of a balanced batting lineup than India's. I think it's more experienced. I think it's more more set roles. Like you see India yesterday having to bring in Surakumi Yadav. Um, I think it was for a player. <laughs> what player was it? Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, they didn't... They, yeah, Pandya. Yeah, of course it was. Um, I I don't really think Pandya and I I, I would take Klaassen and probably Markram over Pandya. Um, I would take Klaassen over Surajaya and probably Rahul. I mean, Rohit and Kohli get into any team, but I think South Africa's batting is, if it goes well, like it did against England, it's it's fearsome. But then it has that weird banana skins against Netherlands, so I guess it's capable of those kind of weird things that maybe India's aren't. Um, but as a unit i think it's as strong as any i think it's great and their bowlers as well you know nagidi rabada maharaj katsi came in as well for that game um and he got i think it was three or four um yeah he got three for 35 um and he got you know pretty decent wickets as well so he got uh butler and brook um and then uh, obviously the 10 first class hundreds of adil rashid um but yeah it's they're an exciting team to. I would love there to be a New Zealand South Africa final. I think I said that before, um, but they they've always been the two teams I've really just enjoyed watching play. Um, I think South Africa especially just to the high tempo and the pace they play at, um, and I'm glad that they're living up to their bill. I think because there was a lot of expectation on them in this tournament, and they are filling it. Yeah, just a very exciting team to watch and follow. Yeah, and I, I hope they're the ones that win the World Cup. Yeah, it would just be really funny if in Kohli's World Cup, 
South Africa winning. <laughs> I I think you know India are very. We'll get to India chat later, but I think if a team is realistically going to beat India, it would be South Africa. Um, but we will see. Well, saying um, that, I think in another weird timeline, I think New Zealand was very close to beating them. Yeah, I think yesterday they they had a poor end. We will talk about New Zealand in a bit, but I think New Zealand very close to winning yesterday. Um, a couple of other things could have gone their way. They could have batted a little bit better at the end. Um, but yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a testament that they're the three teams: they're <laughs> India, South Africa, and um. New Zealand, they're the three. They're the best teams. They're the best squads. They're the best lineups. Um, but South Africa, I, I, I fancy them to go all the way. Second, we mentioned just now, uh, New Zealand. We spoke before how they beat England and Netherlands in the previous one. I imagine <laughs> um, they're one of the few teams who've now played five games. They were unbeaten before yesterday, beating Bangladesh comprehensively. Um, and Afghanistan comprehensively, and then losing to India yesterday. So thus, India keeping up their winning streak. Um, as we just said, they did play pretty well yesterday. Daryl Mitchell especially just couldn't really get the strike at the end. Um, and then they only got to 273. Um, kind of pushed India towards right at the end. Um, they won with two overs to spare. Uh, but it, it got a bit silly again with them kind of get trying to get Cody to 100 and it was, rather than the game, it got a bit like annoying. <laughs> um, but just looking good. I mean, they lost Williamson due to that freak injury. So he'll probably be back at the latter stages of the tournament. Um, but for a team that we thought weren't really going to challenge, uh, me, I didn't, um, they've done good. I mean, especially like Russian Ravindra has been a revelation <laughs> in this team. He's done great. Like getting 75 yesterday, him and Mitchell batted really well together. Um, they had a collapse at the end. Um, Mo Shami picking up Pfeiffer. Um, but they bowled all right. Uh, Matt Henry has been good as usual. Um, Santner has been excellent throughout the World Cup. I think he's the leading wicket-taker of the tournament. Um, I can confirm that it's correct. He has 12 wickets. Um yeah, uh, they've been good. They've been a very controlled team. I, I think they're coming into a run of fixtures that will really test them now. They've had, mm-hmm. was it Bangladesh, Netherlands, Afghanistan? Bangladesh. Yeah, like, <laughs> Again. Yeah, um, yeah Afghanistan, Bangladesh, them, Netherlands, all those, yeah. You still expect them to win it, but they've done it in a comfortable yeah. manner. Like, you look at the Afghanistan wins against England and Pakistan and yeah. there's an element of chaos in there. Yeah. Yeah. But New Zealand just get the job done. Even yeah. against India, they didn't seem very that was India. No, yeah, I agree. Like and this is for the most part without Williamson. Yeah. Like yeah. Ravindra came in because Williamson was wasn't fit enough for the first game. And he gets a hundred <laughs> like it was yeah. Nothing, and he performed really well. Like similar to the the Boomer situation. Yeah, there's Kane. No, yeah, definitely. Back in. If New Zealand are playing this well, I think there's more there's more leeway with Kane to come into the team. But I personally, if the team is playing as well and composed as New Zealand, I, I don't think you want to disrupt 
the balance of that team or the makeup of it, especially yeah. if it's going to be in the latter stages of this tournament. Especially considering how well Ravindra has batted at three, because uh, he opened in the game that Williamson came back, um, but he's done so well there. Um, I mean, I think you'd probably again they they dropped Young for Williamson, so I imagine they would just do that again, um, and Williamson comes straight back in. Um, but everyone's just performing. You know, Salvi's still not played a game this tournament, um, and I'm still on the sidelines. Um, Glenn Phillips had a great game. I think it was against Bangladesh. Um, Tom Latham's always thought. I think you know, as always, New Zealand just happily trot along as the underdogs of a tournament where I don't think anyone really talks about them because they don't play in that kind of massive, flashy way. Um, but always are just very kind of you know, get the job done in their way. Um, and you know, in that way, very nearly won them the World Cup in 2019. Um, and I think they just continue that. They've got a good philosophy and they've got a good squad. Um, and they'll be there, thereabouts. They'll be the top four. I would uh, Something would have to go terribly wrong, which I don't think it would. But again, I think it'd be very interesting to see them play against South Africa and Australia, um, two teams which are a much higher tempo of game, pace-wise. Um, but yeah, I, I, I would like to see New Zealand continue to do well. And I thought they did very well against India yesterday. Um but yeah, they just lost it with the bat at the end, really. They should have been getting about 300 plus. Um, but yeah, they're, they're the first team, at least, that have, I think, been competitive towards India. You know, it wasn't just a stroll in the, tar- in the park, you know, that Sharma didn't get 100 or, you know, Gil only got uh, 26. Um, you know, they stopped Cody getting his 100. They got Rahul out and they got down to more than five wickets um, for the first time this tournament in India. So it's, Good to see them competing on the biggest stage, for sure. Um, I haven't got a lot to say in New Zealand as well. <laughs> They're just very workmanlike, professional, we've got the job done. I think that's a compliment to New Zealand. Yeah, I yeah, agree. They don't have the drama behind the scenes. They've come yeah. to the World Cup, they do it. <laughs> yeah. They do a job. Play with South Africa in the final. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, No super. Yeah. No boundary counts. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, last not least, um, there is a team called India um, who are hosting this World Cup. No, not sure if you noticed. No. Uh, they are currently five wins from five. Um, they have beaten Australia. They have beaten Afghanistan. They have beaten Pakistan. They have beaten Bangladesh. They have beaten New Zealand. Um, they've been very good. <laughs> uh, Bumrah has been excellent. He's got 11 wickets, uh, just one behind Santner. Um, and uh, two leading run scorers, Kohli with 354 runs, uh, averaging 118. Uh, Rohit, uh, 311 runs, average of 62. Um, uh, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> um they brought in Shami, as I just said, for New Zealand game because um the makeup of this team, um, and he gets Pfeiffer. Uh Ashwin Stoney played one game. Uh they've had a couple of games where Jadej has been quite quiet. He got some runs yesterday, but bowling wise, he's not done an awful lot of late. Um, but you know, the, the you just look at how well Bumra bowls and how much pressure he puts on at one end. 
then you'd kind of say that opens the door for Shami to get something like five. Um, but they're just a very good team at home. Um, they're going to be very, very difficult to beat. I mean, similar to New Zealand, there's not a lot to say. <laughs> because they're just yeah. such a well-rounded team. It feels like they do things in partnerships, batting and bowling. Yeah. yeah. Like, make sure both components yeah. gel well with each other. Yeah. I think, especially the top three, all of them can go at a really strong pace, but all of them can go, yeah. like, slow it down and ease it in. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also when they play well, someone like Rowett, it looks like they've suddenly just playing a different game. Like the just the 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 way that they hit the ball and the way they just smash out the ground, it just feels like you know, they've changed the difficulty settings (laughs) and suddenly they're just playing a different game. And it's just I think they're just incredible to watch. Um obviously they have all that kind of development and funding and IPO and everything behind them. They have incredibly wealthy bank of players to choose from. Um, and just a quick note on Coley. Um, he was, didn't get his 100 yesterday, but that would have taken him joint with Sachin, I think, uh, with ODI 100s. Um, so he only needs two more to be the uh, player with the most 100s in ODI cricket, which is pretty good yeah i think you mentioned it earlier but the way they started to play around coley getting this hundred towards the end yeah like that could be their downfall if they're working it towards if this is coley yeah. last world cup and they want coley to perform yeah if they focus too much on that they might lose sight of the team yeah you've got to within about three or four overs with him Mid ninety two overs, yes. So, and he was just like, "No, nah, I'll keep the strike." And yeah, danger was, yeah, allowing that as well. Like that's what it did against Bangladesh as well. Um, the controversial thing in the Bangladesh game was that one of the Bangladesh bowlers bowled a wide down the leg side, but the umpire didn't give it. At which point, Kohli was on about ninety six, and it's sort of like this isn't. You got to give the wide. You can't just get let him have a hundred just because you think it's nice. It's, um, but yeah, that's a whole other kettle of fish. But yeah, I think you're right. It could be potential. I get, I get the sense that he's either retiring from fifty over cricket or potentially overall if India win this. Um, I get the idea that they're playing around him to get these records, get these accolades. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think it it did almost get a bit silly yesterday. And then when he got out, it was quite nice to then have Glenn Phillips then shrug at the crowd, be like, um, what, what do you expect? I'm not going to drop this. Um, but, you know, he's he's too good. But we'll see. I think they'll still be final. I think they kind of almost book that in just by it being in India. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, well played, India. You're doing good. Again, I've got nothing to say. Um, maybe there'll be a shock. Maybe they'll lose a game in the group stage. I doubt it. Um, see the South Africa game to see the real. Yeah. Oh, the England game. Sure. Yeah. It'll be funny, though, wouldn't it? It'll be funny if England won that. 
Um, right. Uh, we're about to wrap up. Um, but I have some breaking news. Well, it's not really breaking news. It is kind of news just that has kind of broken, but has been rumours and talks and stuff. So the cricketer and George DeBell um, has been reported. So the cricketer understands, this is this morning, the cricketer understands that the ICC plans to stage meetings in November to discuss, to discuss the future of 50 over cricket with several members concerned about falling spectator numbers, both at grounds and on television. Um, I, in a nutshell, that basically means this is probably the last 50 over World Cup. Um, Because I imagine some of those members are going to be England and India and probably Australia. And that's where the money is. Because I don't really think that Bangladesh or... Um, Afghanistan or New Zealand are going to be knocking on the door to the ICC being like, oi, where's our revenue? Um, I think it's the big three which when they don't like it, it's not going to change so it leaves the questions being like, what does ODI cricket become? Does it just become test cricket in 2020? Um, do you change the 50 over format? So Sachin Tendulkar said a lot that he wants a two innings 50 over game where you have 25 over innings and then first innings, first innings and like a mini test match in a day. Or do you shorten it to 40 overs? Do you do 35? Do you not have it at all? Um, What do you think? What is your opinion? If this was the last 50 over World Cup, would you be sad? Um, Or would you change it? Or would you keep it? I think ODIs are my least favourite format of the three. Mm-hmm. In test matches and T20s, because weirdly they're so short and so long, the game can change so quickly and so dramatically. Whereas ODIs, it feels like the game is going in a very obvious direction mm-hmm. by the time the first innings is over and it needs something unexpected special whatever to happen in that second innings to be a competitive and interesting run chase I don't know how to fix that though No, I don't know if the two innings Pendulka's suggestion fixes that it would I mean, give it a try, I guess, but mm. I don't know how you make the format more appealing. No. Yeah, I mean, I put it out to our followers. Mm. <laughs> um, and I think the general consensus from what I've seen is that everyone loves 50 over cricket from a traditional perspective yeah. in that it's a full day out. It's not like a three-hour 2020 in the evening. It's a whole day of cricket. Um, you know, you get... You, you kind of get the twists and turns sort of of a test match in one day because you can you can get a, a game like Saturday where South Africa get 400 and that's the game. But you could get like once in a lifetime games sometimes like, you know, when New Zealand got 200, the, the tie in the 2019 World Cup final is, you know, that's a kind of game and experience that you wouldn't really get in a 2020 because that just went like that the entire way along. And it has time to breathe and time to develop and, and innings to build. Um, 
but there's it is the audience still there for that mm-hmm. because T20 cricket is just everything. It's every, there's no franchise tournament other than the hundred. That's who cares. But there's the franchises are 2020 cricket. There's not going to be any franchises longer than that because of revenue and fans and attention spans. But if you're just bringing up new audiences on a shorter form of the game, how are you going to sell to them a longer version? Especially when you have a domestic system like England's, where they're literally shelving 50 over as much as they can to promote something even smaller and shorter than 2020 cricket like 50 over cricket is going to have a very short shelf life if even the big you know brands of cricket ecb cricket australia whatever aren't going to prioritize that as a form um i mean root came out today which i think is just just says it all um he said, I've lost the quote now, which is helpful, nice. but he said that um, he doesn't have a problem with the 100, but is saying that, oh, maybe players can play more 50 over cricket over the T20 blast. I'm like, that doesn't solve anything. That's, what, what is... Like, I just, the fundamental, the 100, as soon as you introduce a competition like the 100, you're devaluing 50 over cricket. Like, you can't then suddenly flip it and be like, well, the 100's good. This is good for everything. So we then we devalue 2020 cricket and then you go into ridiculous cycle of nonsense um so i love 50 over cricket but i think i've have loved it more in the past <laughs> like i don't know if i've I've enjoyed the world cup it hasn't helped there's not been any close games um there's been some good surprises and good performances and some great wins by netherlands afghanistan for example and south africa are playing great cricket um but i kind of watch it with one eye on the fact that well a lot of these teams don't take it seriously anymore so I'm kind of half thinking why should I as weird as that I don't know if that sounds weird or not but I feel like you look at the reactions of Butler and you look at the reactions of the players to not prioritizing that this format of the game to play franchise cricket I'm like well if they're not prioritizing it why should fans um but yeah, because some of my best memories are from 50 over cricket and ODI cricket, not necessarily 2020. So, I mean, don't know. Go back to the 2019 final. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I think it was a very one-off game in how rollercoastery and oh, of back course. and forth yeah. it was. But that's the pinnacle of what the format can be. Yeah. Like, and you're kind of relying on the spontaneity of the sport itself to produce those matches. Yeah, interesting. I, I but yeah, don't if, know if how. The, yeah. Like, if you try and manufacture it, it's not authentic and natural. No. Not. But you're not going to be able to improve on it if the players who are playing in your tournament that you want to sell, you want it to be good. If they're not playing the format, then they can't be the best players in the world. I know they're the best players in the world, but they don't play fifty over cricket, so they're just playing this thing from nowhere that they expect to be suddenly good at again. It's just. Like I might find it more interesting if it does get to the point of like the bigger players just fuck off to do T20 yeah. and we get not necessarily B teams, but like we've said before, how Milan prioritizes yeah. England over whatever. Mm-hmm. And we get sort of fringe players playing for the bigger nations because the cons- big consequence is how it affects teams like Afghanistan and Netherlands. Yeah. Because they're improving exponentially because of the ODI World yeah. Cup. 
they're not playing a lot of test match cricket, if any. No, so sure. they're relying on both white ball formats to improve as nature. So I think that would be the saddest part for me if they got rid of the World Cup. It would be how those smaller nations develop because that only dilutes yeah. the, any competition into the bigger nations. And I guess that's what the bigger nations want. And they don't want these poor little Afghanistan and Netherlands showing up and yeah. making embarrassing them. They yeah. want all the revenue. They want the glory. Yeah, happy to be like that. Yeah, tuck your way. We'll do the T20s and you can. <laughs> yeah, I I agree, and I I think it's also been looked through a different lens from this World Cup because the ticketing for this World Cup has been atrocious, and that they released the tickets for fans only a few weeks before. All the grounds, of course, are all majority Indian fans. Um, whilst, for example, when England had their World Cup, you would have a real kind of divide, I would say, between the sets of fans. You would have full houses pretty much every game, even if it was, you know, in Afghanistan, New Zealand, you'd still have a full house. Um, India, you see grounds half empty at best for games that don't feature India. So I think it's quite... I don't think it's really fair to say that, oh, people aren't watching it. It's like, well, you're taking this bracket of of India. you like like... You know, I know there's only certain grounds, but I, I would, I would put fair money that if you went to somewhere like New Zealand or Australia as well, that you'd get decent crowds in. But maybe, maybe that's my rose tinted glasses. But um, it's a strange it's decision to schedule it over two months as well. Like it's, it's long, and why can't you have more double header games for all the grounds you have in exactly. India? I don't understand why you have to do it one a game. Like a day. people are only gonna are going to be more likely to lose attention over that span. Yeah. yeah. And it's already a format in which they've now admitted needs help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't think the organizers, whoever, like ECB, whoever's put on the World Cup, yeah. has organized it or planned for it in a way that would help make it succeed. Yeah. And they also, from the England viewing perspective and i guess other countries as well that do play rugby it's mostly on the same time as the rugby world cup mm -hmm. and it's like why are you why are you competing against another global sporting competition at the same time sure that's not going to help either but anyway we and, digress we'll, well just very to finish off on to that, finish off because a lot of the games are starting either at six o'clock in the morning or about half nine which is obviously about for english watchers in the UK anyway, like that's when we're going to work and therefore missing out on the game completely because we just can't watch them. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a mess. I mean, I think this World Cup has been handled poor, appallingly. Mm -hmm. Um, Also from a run, running perspective in terms of crowds and behaviours and things like that, I think it's been incredibly poor, but We'll see how it goes. I mean, it could still spark life and suddenly they'll be like, this is the greatest World Cup ever. We don't need a crisis meeting, but I think we will have it. Um, I think we'll finish it there because <laughs> it's been a long old chat, but mm. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, we'll be back with our round three when teams have played six games. I think that's how we'll do it. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> it kind of worked out today. Um, but yeah, what's your been your favorite bit of the World Cup? Let us know if you've listened. <laughs> I thought you were gonna. Uh, I thought you were asking me. I was like, like that. No, no. On the spot. I mean, ne- Netherlands win. I've really enjoyed the Netherlands win. Um, but yeah, if you want to find out more about us, or if you want to just follow us, where can people follow us, Jamie? At just not quick pod, Twitter X, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, <laughs> all the places. Always have um, to remember and think hard <laughs> where we are. <laughs> where we actually are, because I don't use them. That's all. Well, I do the yeah. YouTube, but. Yeah, that's cute. Um, but yeah, well, but yeah, thank you for listening or watching again if you got this far. Um, I'm gonna go to sleep. Um, Same. <laughs> but we will see you next time for more cricket madness. And when this World Cup is over, we'll definitely do a just not quick and silly point. I feel like it's been overdue. Yeah. Um, but uh, thank you for listening. So it's goodbye from me, Matthew, and a goodbye from you. Jamie. Uh, Bumrah. What? Bumrah. Ja- Just Brit. Oh, uh, World Cup. <laughs> Lol. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, blimey. Bye. Well tired. <laughs>